Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So you've probably already seen the videos uh, that are circulating throughout YouTube. It's the hot topic of the moment. Michael Todd has spit in his hand and then rubbed the saliva on somebody's face from his own church. And it's a... It's a cringy, gross-out moment, but here's the issue. The, this is the result of his theology and his mishandling of God's Word. And what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the service, and we're going to look at several different portions of the service in order to examine Michael Todd's claims, his handling of the biblical text, and then you can see how he twists a particular text from the Gospel of Mark, which then will lead to the bad practice of taking a descriptive text and making it a prescriptive text. And boy, oh boy, if you've been maybe thinking Michael Todd isn't exactly right, it, 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 the spit is like this much of the story. They're there that much. The bad theology is where the real story is. And so that's where we're going to spend our time today. So grab a Bible, popcorn, I, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, let me whirl up the desktop and here we go. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to start right at the beginning of this particular sermon. So this is from Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, and uh, you'll note that there are there are, there are timestamps here that are very helpful for us. So I'll be coming back and, and taking a look at the timestamps. But uh, let's do this. Let's get the fuller context. Here's the intro to the sermon titled "The Vision for Invasion." Uh, what is he going to be? Is he going to take his church and invade the Ukraine? Well, we're going to see here. Yeah, here we go. Today is Vision Sunday Transformation Church. Let's give God some praise. All right. So already we are, what, six seconds in. And I'm going to say this right up front. If you attend a church and they have Vision Sunday, run. <laughs> you don't have a pastor. You have a vision casting leader. And your church is uh, off mission. Yeah. Uh, what I mean by that, in fact, let's take a look and let's do it this way. Uh, it, when we talk about the church's mission and vision, there is only one visionary, and he's already given the church its mission and its vision statements. And uh, the first one can be found in Matthew chapter 28 at the end of the chapter. And listen to what Christ says. Jesus came and said to his disciples, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So, uh, you know, part one of the mission or vision of, of Christianity, the Christian church, make disciples of whom? Everybody. There, there isn't a tribe, nation, language, people that don't get to hear the gospel. So you make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them all that Christ has commanded, which requires you to preach the word. 
in context, the full counsel of the Word of God. The second of the uh, statements that is worth noting in this regard is then at the tail end of the Gospel of Luke, and at the Gospel of Luke, uh, Jesus uh, gives the, you know, the uh, disciples kind of the uh, standing order uh, for the church, and, and here's kind of the second part of it. Uh, and so then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and Jesus said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ, or the Messiah, should suffer on the, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. So here's the issue, is that the church itself is much bigger than any individual congregation. Mm-hmm. And the idea then is, is that the entire body of Christ, the entire church, has the exact same mission and vision statement given by the visionary, Jesus Christ. And that is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching all that Christ has commanded, and proclaiming repentance for the forgiveness of sins in his name to all nations. That's it. We don't get to do anything else. And what happens is in vision casting leader type churches, uh, what the, the, the visionary claims that he has received a unique vision from God. And, uh, and, and that particular congregation uh, gets to kind of tacitly, they don't overtly say it, but tacitly uh, opt out of the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. As, as if somehow that individual congregation exists for something super duper special, special assignment kind of stuff, you know. The, so these are special ops churches. And, uh, and the, the issue is there's no such thing. All congregations are tasked with the exact same job. Make disciples, baptize, teach all that Christ is commanded, proclaim repentance, and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. The end. That's what the church is exists to do full stop so that being said we uh well we've got a problem here and let me just back it up i mean we're already six we're only six seconds in let's do this again today is vision sunday transformation church if it's vision sunday then you should be uh, reviewing matthew 28 and luke 24 right because Christ is the visionary for the church and he's given the mission to the church and it doesn't change until he returns Let's give God some praise. And I'm so excited about this because um, vision is my thing. Like if you only could like allow me to do one thing, like if God said you only get to do one thing for the rest of your life, my one thing would be getting vision from him and then making other people believe it. Hmm. Baptizing. Making disciples of all nations, teaching all that Christ is commanded, proclaiming repentance for the forgiveness of sin. So already he's just in the first 24 seconds of this sermon. If you know your Bible, you should know this is a dangerous man. He's a Bible twister and somebody that the church should be avoiding, not listening to, marking and avoiding. The church should be rebuking because he's off mission. He's got a competing vision. In fact, have you ever heard of the word division, die vision? He has a second competing 
diametrically opposed vision to the vision that Christ has given for the church that still stands. Like I'm anointed to do that. No, you're not. So he's claiming to be anointed, which means that he's a Christos, because that's what Christos means. That makes him a false Christos. Like, like it's my, it's like I feel more in my spot on Vision Sundays than ever before because I've stood in this exact spot when nobody was in this church and prophesied where we are today yeah. into existence because God gave me a vision. You prophesied where. Transformation churches today, you prophesied it into existence. Are you God? We've got a problem here and a big one. And this is the context of the gross out thing that everybody's talking about. This is the sermon that occurred in. And uh, everyone's talking about the spit. Few, if any, are talking about the theology that led to the spit. He gave me a vision that I was bold enough to declare to other people in the face of it not looking like it could ever happen. And yesterday I drove one of my pastor friends who came in town this weekend to just spend the weekend with me. I drove him to all the locations in Tulsa that we have and showed him all the buildings that y'all don't even know that I'm planning for our church to subdue, rule, and dominate. Yeah. What? Hang on a second here. I, I, I want to hear this again, because this doesn't sound anything like what Christ has called his church to be doing. All the locations in Tulsa that we have and showed them all the buildings that y'all don't even know that I'm planning for our church to subdue, rule and dominate. Buildings for your church to subdue, rule and dominate. Um. When it comes to buildings, don't you just like move into them or move out of them? You utilize them or you don't. How, how, I mean, I live in a house in North Dakota. And uh, the last thing I would ever say is that when it comes to my house, I'm subduing it, ruling it and dominating it. <laughs> I'm occupying it. But by that, I mean that my carcass sleeps there at night and I eat dinner there, you know. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're going to see kingdom come. You're going to see kingdom come? Isn't the whole church going to see kingdom come? What are you talking about? So, you know, just one minute and 12 seconds, and, and if you know your Bible, you know there's something way off, way, way off. Well, then at the 10 minute, 23 second mark, it says Proverbs 29, verse 18. So let's do this. Let's take a look at it before he gets to it, because this is if if any if you have a pastor that's using Proverbs twenty nine eighteen in this way, run. You have a Bible twister on your hands, a false prophet, a false teacher, and potentially a false apostle or a false anointed one, uh, because you know always and again you know this is how it gets uh, you know how this text gets twisted. So Proverbs, yeah, pro proverbs, yeah. See. Uh, uh, proverbs are verbs that have lost their amateur status. Just, you know, wanted to let you know that. Uh, Proverbs 29, and uh, I'm going to switch translations here. We're going to go with the King James Version. And in the King Jimmy, it says this, and we're going to read this without any context. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Full stop. That And see, that's, that's where it goes. Okay. 
where there is no vision, the people perish. So this is our justification for Vision Sunday and for our leader to be receiving vision from God. Yeah, that's not what this text is about. Okay, so even in the King James, you can see what's going on here. Where there is no vision, the people perish, colon, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And the uh, Hebrew word for law here is Torah. All right, let me show it to you in the ESV. In the ESV, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, comma, but blessed is he who keeps the, t- the law, the Torah talking about the written word of God. So the prophetic vision that Proverbs 29:18 is pointing to is the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so without the Bible people cast off restraint. Yeah, have you have you noticed that in on planet Earth? Yeah. So there's a, a proper understanding of this text. So let's go ahead and click the button here. Hang on a second here. We're going to go to Proverbs 29, 18. Let's listen. Let me give you Bible for it. Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to read it from the message version because most of y'all know the churchy version of this. Yeah, there's another thing. If your pastor uses the message to exegete a text or the passion translation, it's uh, the TPT, the toilet paper translation. The passion translation is not a translation and neither is the message. So watch what he's doing here. He's going to the message. Why? Because the message agrees with his theology. But the message is not a translation. It's a really, really awful, awful paraphrase. And you're not supposed to exegete or preach from it. So listen again. Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to read it from the message version because most of y'all know the churchy version of this. Where there is no vision, the Mm -hmm. people perish. Sometimes when the Bible uses words like perish, you, you just like, yeah, I ain't going to die because of not vision. Like, so it doesn't register the same way. Yeah, actually, you will. You'll perish eternally without the Bible. If you understood Proverbs 29, 18 properly, you would understand the referent is not talking to, you know, to the church saying, we need vision Sunday and we need a vision leader. No, the prophetic vision we need is the scripture. I I know because I've done it before, but let me read it to you in the message version and maybe see if it walks down your street. If people can't see what God is doing. If this were walking down my street, (laughs) the message version were walking down my street, I'd be calling the theological police. They stumble all over themselves. So if, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. That's not even close to what the text says in Hebrew or a good translation. The reason you've been tripping is because you don't see God clearly. That's so good. Come on, He's revealed himself very clearly in the biblical text. You're doing a lot of blurring here. Uh, Let me stop. It says, but when you attend to what he reveals which is found in the Bible. All scripture is God breathed. Not what's living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It doesn't return to him void. It accomplishes the thing for which he sends it. Trending, not what's culturally popular, not what the new financial trend is, Bitcoin, NFT, not that. When you attend to what he reveals, those people are most blessed. 
and I want this church to be most blessed, that means I have to challenge your vision. The referent for Proverbs 29, 18, the prophetic vision we need, that's the Bible. And if you really wanted them to see God clearly, then you'd be rightly exegeting biblical texts. And you can see where this is going to go. It just, it's, it's, <laughs> he's, he departed for this destination you know, from the moment, you know, he started preaching in the intro, and the destination is not really sound exegesis, it's junk doctrine, it's bad twisting of scripture. So, we'll jump forward now to Mark, 20, Mark chapter 8, verse 23, and uh, we're going to watch as he's mangling up the gospel of Mark, and we'll read the text in just a moment here. But uh, let's get a little bit of a flavor for vision. what he's doing here. And this is the context where he spits in his hand and then smooches it on the eye of one of his congregants. I think it's his brother. Okay. So they bring this man to Jesus. Yeah. And, 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 and look what verse 23 says. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Blind man. Physical ailment. Jesus. This is not a parable about how God works or Jesus works when it comes to Vision Sunday and us having a vision from God so that we don't perish. That's not the point of this passage. In fact, let's do this. Let's take a look at it. Mark chapter 28. It's a great text, um, but what he's doing with it is mangling it because he's not making a, po a proper distinction between what is described in scripture and what is prescribed. So they came to Bethsaida. Some people brought to him a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the village, and when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he said to him, do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. So Jesus laid his hands again, and he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Jesus didn't want the publicity. So this is an account of Christ healing a blind man. And note, he uses the means of saliva. The text doesn't explain why, but what he, what he's doing here, what Michael Todd is doing, is taking this account of, a, of Christ actually giving sight to a legitimate blind person, and he's turning this into a parable about the need for us to have clear vision from God through our visionary leader, Michael Todd. And, uh, and it's just, and this is then the context that forms the basis for him actually spitting in this fellow's uh, you know, face. It, it just, just, anyway, let's keep going here. Hold on. Can't you just heal me right here? Can't you just give me vision where I'm comfortable? Can't you just give me vision where I'm comfortable? So now he's engaging in a Bible twisting technique known as eisegesis. He's reading something into the text here that isn't there. So let me back up just a little bit. He took the blind man by the hand. 
All right, a little too fast. I sped this up just a little bit so we can get cover a little more ground quickly. That was a little too fast, but here we go. And led him outside the village. Hold on. Can't you just heal me right here? Can't you just give me vision where I'm comfortable? Can't you? Can't you just, I mean... All right, so we know then from the exegetical cues, Jesus sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Why? Because Jesus is having a problem, and that is, is that as word is getting out, the crowds are mobbing him, and he's, and it's really impeding his ability to do what he needs to do. And so you'll note that this is akin to Christ saying to somebody, don't tell anybody what happened here. Don't tell anybody about the healing, because Jesus doesn't need more publicity. So Jesus brought, he took him, the blind man and led him out of the village because Jesus is wanting to heal him without drawing too much attention to himself. That's the point. And so Michael Todd here is uh, eisegeting and putting stuff into this text that isn't there and exegetically cannot be justified. God, I want to hear from you. I want clear vision, but please do it in my convenience. So note, this is narcissism. Now, narcissistic eisegesis. He's reading himself into the text. He's reading you and I into the text. This isn't a, a prescriptive text. This has nothing to do with you and I receiving vision, prophetic vision from God or direction in our lives in that sense. And so he's taking this text and he's totally hijacked it. I would really like you to give me a clear vision where I'm comfortable. But what he did with this man is say, you want vision? Brent, come here. You, now, here, here, comes, here comes the volunteer that's going to receive the spit on his you, face. You, you can't see? You can't see? Give me, give, me, give me your hand. Come on. Let me take you somewhere. This is a sermon illustration gone horribly wrong. That may be unfamiliar. Let me, let me lead you outside of your comfort zone. That's not the point of this. He is narcissistically eisegeting this text. I'm telling you, for many of us in 2022, this will be the season that God leads us out of comfort so he can give us clear vision. Bingo. Oh, I just said a mouthful. He's going to lead you out of your comfort so he can give you clear vision. That text has nothing to do with your church having clear vision outside of their comfort zone in 2022. This guy's slick. And here's the issue. Michael Todd legitimately looks like a kind of cool guy to hang out with. I mean, he's a good communicator. I mean, really gifted in as far as his communication skills. Seems like a really intelligent fellow and really likable. But here's the issue. As gifted of a communicator as he is, if he doesn't use that gift that God has given him for the purpose of rightly handling God's word, and instead he's communicating falsehood and he's twisting up God's word, then he's not being an agent of God or Christ or one who is basically following the orders of Christ, who's given mission and vision to the church that stands until he returns. Instead, he's causing division within the church with what he's doing. And as a result of that, he's not doing the work of Christ. Instead, he's doing the work of the devil. Stay right here. Uh, this is the point that I need you to know. Vision comes outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, wow. so good. 
that is not what that passage is about. And then you're going to note then that you hear that guy who went so good. He uses a manipulation technique known as the bullpen. He has people that are sitting in the front row. And every time he says anything even remotely sounding profound, oh, they go, oh, Ooh, ah, oh, that's so good. Way to go. You know, it's, 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 that's just flat out manipulation. When God gave me vision for Transformation Church, it was outside of my comfort zone of all my skill set. Yeah. Wow. I was a music producer and God took me by the hand. Uh-huh. Wow. He led. Did you study and show yourself approved as a workman who need not blush with embarrassment, who can rightly handle the word of truth? In order to be a pastor in Christ's church, you have to be able to preach the word and rightly handle it. You're not. And so you're sitting here going, oh, well, see, I got a vision from God and it took me outside of my comfort zone because I was a music producer. Now look at me. I'm a vision casting leader. There are no vision casting leaders in the church. There are pastors. And uh, yeah, but there are no vision casting leaders, so he's using this outside of the comfort zone thing to basically cover up the fact he's not qualified to be a pastor, and it shows because he can't rightly handle a biblical text. Me, because do you know how I got to this church? I produced the music for their conference. That's how I got here. Come on, he led me. I'm gonna use what's comfortable and make you take a step. Yeah, Mark 8 has nothing to do with God leading, giving us a vision by removing us from things that are comfortable. I'm just doing music for the church. Oh, y'all need a sound man? Oh, y'all need a music director? Oh, you need a youth pa- He led me. He didn't give me no vision about the transformation towers and about the building while I was over here producing music. He had to lead me. Oh, my God. Some of you... You, you just said, OMG, really? You just blasphemed God's name in the sermon? The vision you've been believing for is outside of your comfort zone. This Mark 8 has nothing to do with some vision I'm believing for outside of my comfort zone. You are a twister of God's word. You don't know how to rightly handle these texts. You're deceiving yourself and these people. And he led this man outside of the village. Oh, do you know what else that means? He led him away from people. (laughs) Wow, this is bad. The village is where the people are who know you. And God's saying, we don't know where he led him to. We don't know if there were other people there. But, But what we do know is he had to leave the people. Did you consult any good commentaries or study Bibles in your preparation of your handling of this text? Because I assure you, there isn't a single solid scholarly commentary that will agree with what you're doing here. Oh, and the places that he was normally around to be able to be in position. He ain't even got the miracle yet. He hasn't even... Are you in position to receive your vision outside of your comfort zone? That's not what this text is about. This whole year is about positioning and posture. No, it's not. What are you talking about? This year is all about positioning and posture. Says who? No biblical text says that. God is trying to say, I want to give you something, Paul. I want. God's trying to say? When does God attempt to say something? And then doesn't succeed. If God intends to say something, he's going to say it. 
Your theology is whack here, dude. I wanna give you something, Evan. I wanna give you something, Jules, but if you are not in position and posture, it has no authority to even come out. Into what are you talking about? None of this is found in Mark. If, you don't, if you're not in the right position, what on earth? Your life. Oh, okay. Come back, blind man. Because let me show you. Let me show you how most of us would have acted. That he would have said, come with me. Let me take you. And, and they would have started pulling back and saying, hold on, I don't know you. This isn't in the text. It's not even inferred. Coming back to the text. So they came to Bethsaida and some people brought to Jesus a blind man and begged him to touch him. The guy could easily hear and he knew what was going on. He knew what the... We're going to go find Jesus. I, we hear he's in town. Come, let's go find him. And they heard, he heard them begging Jesus, please touch him, please heal him. And Jesus said, sure, and led him outside of the village. This has nothing to do with you receiving a vision from God. I'm not sure where you're going. And some of you, this is what you do when you get uncomfortable. You just sit down on the situation. This, he, I mean, he's adding so much to the Bible here. I mean, wow, we should add some whole new chapters to the Gospel of Mark at this point. And God said, I'm not dragging you this year. No, he didn't. What are you talking about? Which deity are you referring to? Because the God of the Bible didn't say any such words. You don't want this vision? Come on! I'm not dragging your marriage into wholeness. I'm not dragging... Wow, this is so cultic, creepy manipulation here. The man of God who hears directly and has received and prophetically spoke the vision into existence. This is really scary. This, I, I got a purpose. Many are the plans of man, but it's my purpose that will prevail. But if you sit down on me trying to take you out of what's comfortable, I'm not going to drag you. I'm not going to drag you. I'm going to hold your hand again. And I'm going to invite you. This is many of your invitation to get clear vision. <sighs> then read your Bible because that's where clear vision comes from. All right. You got the gist of it here. Um, you can go to Jesus with no vision. So apparently you can go to Jesus with no vision because that's apparently what Mark 8 is all about. You just like the blind man, you can now go to Jesus if you don't have any vision or clear direction from your, for your life. So vision comes from outside your comfort zone. Receiving vision from God might get nasty. And let's jump forward a little bit and see then how he handles the rest of this text. Jesus asked the man, do you see anything? The man looked up and said, I see people. Now, everybody doesn't understand how much of a miracle this is. This man's blind. And then, Brent, open your eyes. He did not remove what God put there. Yeah, he already put the spit on his face, by the way. I'm, I, I'm, I skipped that part because it really grosses me out. It's so cringe. Wow. He didn't wipe it off. He had to open. Oh, shoot. He had to open his eyes by faith. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Open your eyes by faith. He could have told Jesus right then. In this text isn't about me receiving a vision from God. In that moment, you know, I can't see, you know, I've been blind this long. You know, they never choose. You know, my family never supported me. You know, I've never been chosen to lead. 
You know that I don't have the education, but by faith, he yeah, no, notice all the stuff he just added to the biblical text. None of that's there. That This passage isn't about that at all. I don't know who I'm talking to. Well, you're talking to everybody, but you're deceiving them. But God is saying in this year, when I ask you to do it, I know you did it before. That man probably practiced opening his eyes 100,000 times. But after Jesus touched him, he had to open his eyes again by faith. And when he opened his eyes, he said, I see people and they they look like trees walking around this tells me two things first things it tells me is that this man has seen before i see men i see people but they look like how do you know what a tree looks like if you never saw it before god's saying to you there's been seasons where you had vision well i showed you clearly what it was supposed to be just so so bad i mean wow god says you know i i showed you you i gave you vision but you you know you lost it all oh man that's not what this passage is about see this this the bad practice of actually taking a descriptive text so mark 8 you know where jesus spits and then you know puts the spit on his eyes in order to give him legitimate ability to see this is a description, not a prescription. And what Michael Todd has done here is, is just, it's such bad practice. And the bad practice comes from his inability to rightly handle a biblical text. And I would remind you all that scripture is very clear uh, that when it comes to pastors, uh, that, you know, so there are qualifications. Paul writing to Titus says, I left you in Crete so that you might put or remain in order, appoint elders. These are your presbyteroi. These are your pastors in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, husband of one wife, children are believers, not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. An overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. And then there are moral qualifications. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined. And then there are theological you know, and uh, exegetical uh, <laughs> requirements. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and to rebuke those who contradict it. Michael Todd here is not qualified to be a pastor, and his claim that he's a visionary leader is just, just preposterous. He's twisted Proverbs 29.18. He's completely narcissizing Mark chapter 8 and the story of the blind man at Bethsaida. And, uh, and you know, he's narcissizing the, the text, but look at where he Vision goes. So, clear. so he, he then uses this as the springboard for talking about Transformation Church's vision for the year ahead. And listen where he goes with this. This one's really bizarre. I need you to tell the people that this year I need the vision to be so clear because watch this title. The vision is for invasion. So Vision Sunday there at Transformation Church, the, God said that you need to make the vision so clear because the vision is for invasion. Apparently, Michael Todd is the um, Putin of, uh, of charismatic church visionary leaders. He's going to be invading uh, someplace. So. God wants us to invade 
places. This ain't the word of the year yet. I'm just setting you up right now. But the, in, the vision he's giving you is for invasion. You are supposed to, as a child of God, invade the school. Inv in, in, invade the school. What? Invade the government. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 so you're telling the people at your church they need to invade the government. Oh, that's not, that's not creepy weird at all. Invade the music industry, invade the construction facilities. You are supposed to invade entertainment, invade. Seven mountain mandate nonsense here. Media marketing, invade the hospital systems. Somebody shout at me, invade. God wants to give you vision for. Now, Christ has told the church what we are supposed, we are to do. All right, let's come back to Matthew 28. Okay, we have not been called to invade nothing. And uh, while Transformation Church is out there invading the government and stuff, uh, you know, real Christian uh, Christians and Christian churches are to be about this business. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, Christ said. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So how long are we supposed to be about the business of making disciples, baptizing and teaching all that Christ has commanded, which is only found in Scripture, which is the prophetic vision that we need in order for people to not cast off restraint? Uh, well, we're to be about the business of doing that until Jesus shows up and we don't stop doing that a moment sooner until Jesus arrives this is what we're to be doing uh, folks at Transformation Church they are being led away from the Great Commission to the Great Invasion vision which Christ is not responsible for God didn't give you this sir invasion he has declared that this is the season of the church no longer playing defense. Says who? It is time to play offense. When you are invading, that means you are the aggressor. And I came to tell Transformation Church, we are no longer getting vision to maintain what God has done. Make disciples of all nations, dude. Uh, that's what we're to be about the business of doing and not invading governments and construction and entertainment and all that kind of stuff. We're not playing defense. We're not playing not to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're playing to, we are going to invade Tulsa. <laughs> if you live in Tulsa, be, you know, you might want to, <clears throat> you might want to get the sandbags out and, and uh, get yourselves prepared. Invasion will be occurring in Tulsa in the spring, probably the Ukraine as well. But uh, With the love, generosity, and kindness of God. We are, uh, uh, y'all better hear me. I, I'm, I'm talking vision right now. I'm glad they're recording it. Yeah, I, you, you do not get to give a competing vision for the church. You know, Christ has already given the vision and we're on mission according to what he told us. This is just nonsense. One day you're going to see, we're going to invade every area that God calls us to. We're going to invade entertainment. We're going to invade social media. We're going to, y'all better hear me. We're going to invade the economic system. We're going to invade. Your church is going to invade the economic system. This is delusional. You don't know what you're talking about, dude. Hey, the housing system. You better. You're going to invade the housing system. Good luck on that. Mark my words. We've seen the vision clearly. We are going to invade religion. 
Yeah. So, you know, all of that being said, uh, you know, when he spit in that fellow's eyes, uh, you know, actually spit in his hand and then put the spittle on his face. Uh, that was uh, that was a gross out moment, and I I don't even think I want to. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> you know. So you now know the theological context, the story behind what he was doing. He's taking Mark eight and turning a descriptive text into a prescription, thinking that somehow, you know, this has something to do with Transformation Church's vision for invasion in 2022 there in Tulsa, and, and so. We just have to show it. I'm going to do my best to get through this. Here we go. Now watch. He can't see. (laughs) He's pretending to be blind. You ain't really healing him, and that's not what Mark 8 is about. But he can't hear. This is the moment where many of us are in, is that God is doing something and we hear him changing. We hear him even in your prayer. And in this time, he's changing something and you don't see it clearly yet. But you hear. (laughs) Oh, man, this is nasty. No, this is where. No, no. Most people. No. No. Would not face Jesus anymore. What most people... This is not at all what Mark 8 is about. It's about Christ, the Son of God in human flesh, and him performing signs that shows that he's the actual promised Messiah of the Old Testament, the one that the prophets told us about, Moses and Isaiah, that he would give sight to the blind as one of the things that Messiah would do. This has nothing to do with... Transformation Church's uh, vision for invasion in 2022. What would do is turn away. Oh, Oh, man. This is this is pastoral malpractice of the worst kind. What what I'm the only thing worse than this is giving Kool-Aid to your people. Telling you. What I'm telling you is just as he's physically standing here, knowing what's coming. God's saying, can you physically and spiritually and emotionally be able to stand? No, God isn't saying any of these words. Everything you're saying that God is saying, he didn't say. You are blaspheming God in the worst way, and you are abusing and deceiving the people that you're supposed to be pastoring. When getting the vision or receiving it might get nasty. No, no. I'm going to say it in a point just like that. Receiving vision from God might get nasty. You mean, no, no. God, I just bought in crazy faith. I just bought my dream car. That had, what are you talking about? That has nothing to do with Mark 8. And now you're going to ask me to sell it back? God isn't saying any of this. Run. And ride in the hoopty again? Yeah, because the vision I'm about to give you. Oh, no, no. It might get no. nasty. No, no, that's as far as I can go. Sorry. Uh, oh, wow. So I know a lot of people are focusing in on the spit 
and the spit is hard not to focus in on, but that's a that's a pastoral malpractice that is brought about by his theological incompetence, his junk theology and inability to rightly handle a biblical text. He claims he's hearing from God, and he's not. If you know anybody that attends Transformation Church in Tulsa and thinks Michael Todd is, is you know, like this with God, and he's hearing from God and receiving vision from God— Send them this video, plead with them to open up their eyes and compare what God's word actually says to what this man is saying. He's a deceiver and he is incapable of rightly handling a biblical text. He's not qualified to be a pastor. And the gross out thing that you were about to see, that's the result of his gross out theology. That's where this goes. You get the idea. So if you found this helpful, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. And until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.